cooking meth and fucking your sister does get old after a while. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. I'll shock the jizz at you. Impolite. When we were dropping napalm in Vietnam, we just called it a one-white Charlie. Inappropriate. For pedophiles that like older women, that's what a teen movie is. Shameless. The Great Midget Orgy of 1939. Unacceptable. I was just trying to check his prostate with my dick. Indiscreet. If you don't grow the mullet, the mullet grows you. Immoral. I'm not a cannibal, but I eat ass. And beyond the pale. This is what Orwell warned us about. Then the coast coming in is a reprehensibly disinterested indication. Coming podcast hosted by stand up comedian Carlos Valencia, Bobby D, and Ian. After the smartest, slow brow, dirty side brow podcast on the internet. Welcome to episode 106 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 6 of season 3. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. To my left is Bobby. Yo. To my right is Ian. What up? Todd Yan is going to be joining us here soon, and he's going to be our guest tonight. We're going to be talking about indecorous news, and we'll be taking a look at strange and interesting deaths from the 1990s. Now, as always, we've got to do our corrections, apologies, clarifications. We kind of did this one live, but it was still up in the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're getting so meta with these clarifications that we just do them in episode now. But last week, Ian said that Joe Rogan lost his contract with Spotify. He saw it on Patheus. Bobby then challenged him by finding mm-hmm. another article <laughs> that said this was not true. Well, I looked it up on Patheos, and I did find the article that Ian read and it was written by a dude called andrew hall that runs a site called the laughing in disbelief which is uh, believe it or not a satire site (laughs) so once again ian was fooled by satire and no joe rogan seems to be doing just fine so he was just (laughs) one of many contributors spewing misinformation there was several other stories that said the same thing so i don't even know if that was my original source that's the one you gave us. Yeah, you claimed it now. Oh, yeah, look, yeah. look at you trying to distance yourself from it. <laughs> but I've incorrectly known this for over two weeks, so who knows where I first heard it from. Probably a tweet. So that's our clarification for the night, as far as I know. But I'm sure we'll have plenty by the time the episode's over. <laughs> what have you guys been up to? Anything new? Yeah, I, 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 got, I, I got a hot take for you guys. Right. So, um, you know, as everyone's given Joe Biden shit for pulling out of Afghanistan... There's the U.S. side. We look like imbeciles by pulling out of there, and the Taliban's got their cool little uprising going on. But let me give you guys my hot take. Here's the opposite side of this. Taliban fighters are now leaving in mass because they don't have the whole chance of martyrdom anymore. They don't have the potential to become suicide bombers. So (laughs) the ones that are still remaining are very depressed. Recruiting's down. Morale's down. The heavenly harem of 72 virgins, it's not looking like it's a possibility anymore. They were promised to get blown up and a bunch of virgins, and the Taliban didn't deliver. I'm telling you, dude, no one thinks about the suicide bombers. Everyone's all like, oh, <laughs> yeah. the Americans, they pulled out. Oh, what about the refugees? Like, but no one thinks about the suicide bombers. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's funny, because that's pretty much the exact opposite of what you would hear a lot in the States. Are like, you know, they promised me free tuition and all this, and then they sent me to war to die. And the Taliban is like, they promised me I was going to get sent to war to die. And now all I'm getting is free tuition and some cushy job. Exactly. Fuck this. That sounds like a, that's a nice T-shirt. And all I got is this free tuition. <laughs> yes. If you're a, well, I guess I was going to say if you're a man, but yeah. I'm oh, mad. yeah, of course. You have to be a man if you're in the Taliban. They're not going to accept yeah. women. That's what I always thought. I was like, 
when this whole shit was going down, the ruling government of Afghanistan at the time, they should have, even from the get-go, just armed a bunch of women. If anybody has anything to lose in Afghanistan, it's going to be women. Yeah. So arm the fuck out of them, because they'll fight till they're dead, you know, because they know they're probably going to die if they don't. Yeah, dude, I feel bad for all these fuckers that were, like, spending their whole life in a cave with all their little buddies thinking they're going to die and go to some afterlife. And it turns out that the 72 virgins... We're just the other dudes hanging out with them in a cave the whole time, and there's no afterlife. <laughs> that's, the, that's the virgins that they got. Well, I've got a hot take for you guys. I mean, call me a patriot, but I support our troops. But I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. Whatever. Wait, 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 applause break. Wait, wait, applause break. Applause break. Give it up yeah. for the troops. Yeah, give it up for the troops. I'm going to close on that. Come on, man. Don't you try to talk over that applause break. You know you're getting it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I just, I support our troops and you interpret that however you want. All right. As long as it's the right patriotic way. Yeah. Well, I guess they could get around that whole thing by just fucking seventy-two living virgins, because it seems God, that's the, pretty much the Taliban way. Anyway, you have no fucking rights, regardless. It is. So I think they they what is it? They doth protest too much. I'm not good with Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Let's welcome our guest for tonight, the great Mr. Todd Yan, everybody. Todd, how are you, sir? I am wonderful. I am uh, sitting here with my dog in the living room with a full glass of Cabernet Sauvignon. That is tremendous, man. You, you got it into the wine? Oh, yeah. You, you know, when you get my age and you're off the road, maybe it's me, but the wife doesn't find it entertaining when you're doing shots of Cuervo and and uh, <laughs> and pounding down a 12 pack, you know, and then smoking a pack of cigarettes and saying, hey, let's get a little frisky. Yeah, yeah I bet. dude. <laughs> you know, when I was on the road, man, I used to order a double pepperoni medium Domino's pizza everywhere I went right before I went to bed. Oof. And the the only thing that it did to me was it gave me amazing sexual dreams. <laughs> really? I, I, <laughs> I cannot I cannot explain it graphically. Yeah, please don't. Nor do I care to. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you. But if you're ever on the road and your stomach can take it right before you go to bed, eat a double pep. It, I don't even think it has to be Domino's, but double pepperoni and you will have the most vivid sexual treats you've ever had. <laughs> I've, I've turned two other comics onto it. One guy's dead because it was too good a dream. <laughs> that would make for a weird ad campaign oh bobby <laughs> bobby wouldn't that be the best oh my god i mean it would be weird but they would be the most popular pizza place in the fucking i mean or just I, yeah i guess it doesn't really well you said you do dominoes but it might still work with yeah other yeah do you want cinnabites with that why why would i <laughs> why that's just gonna gum up the works man yeah that's right i got my own glaze hook going on here after i eat this pizza Yeah, man, that was one of the best things about being on the road when I was younger is just it was such a free for all, man. It was just you hung out after the shows. There was 
great camaraderie with the guys you were working with. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did my first paying gig in 1979. Holy shit. Dude. And I saw all the different changes of comedy from where everybody decked out and dressed up to do a set to uh, the padded shoulders and the, the bolo tie. Oh yeah. yeah. Did a mullet look and, yeah. and it went from monologue comics to variety acts, back to monologue, back to physical humor. I wanted to write a book about all the different phases of comedy that I've seen through 40 years of doing this. But, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry has a book about comedy. And I just wanted to do it not from road experiences, just from the art itself and noticing how it's changed over the years from basically clowns into clever comics, into cerebral comics, you know, even your shock comics with which very few comedians do that well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. One of the things that I've, mm -hmm. I've always loved about your show, Carlos, is you're right on that fucking edge, man. I mean, oh, thank you, man. You you literally you're like on a surfboard hanging ten at the very tip. <laughs> But every time we've worked together, I've never seen you cross the line into where it's at the audience's expense and you're still entertaining. You're still doing your thing. And it, it, it may be controversial, but it's still fucking funny. And it doesn't. Oh, thanks, man. It doesn't cross the line into unfunny, self-gratifying vulgarism that some guy says, hey. I'm clever. You well, you might be clever, but the only guys laughing are the the comics in the back, and it's not because you're funny. It's because <laughs> it's because you're tanking. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Well, I appreciate you saying that, man. Well, absolutely. I've been a fan of guys that write forever, being because that's not my forte. My forte is is physicality and facial expressions. And if there's no stage lights, I'm fucked. But, <laughs> but I admired all sorts of different comics and their styles and their writing capabilities because it's a craft. And even at 65 years old, and even though I'm not performing anymore, I still appreciate the new ideas coming out of people and the new direction that it's going. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning. That's that's the key. You look at Carlin. All right. And he had what was it? Five HBO specials in a row. Wow. He, he wrote five hours of shit and an hour of shit every year, every year. Yeah. And granted, some were better than others. But that motherfucker kept creating yeah. and, and he'd go down these different rows. I got another story with George. Just I met George in Las Vegas. I was doing the comedy stop at the Trop. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, who comes into the dressing room but George Carlin? And it's just like unannounced, just, hey, how you guys doing? And it's just like, fuck me running. It's George Carlin. Wow. And we're just sitting there talking. We're just talking. We're talking. We're shooting the shit. We're talking comedy stuff. We're talking everyday stuff. And he says, hey, I'm over at the uh, MGM tomorrow night. He was in town for, I think, three days or four days. He says, uh, I'd love to have you come be my guest uh, tomorrow and of all the times i worked the comedy stop at the trop that monday was the only monday in my history of working the trop that we were dark and i could go oh nice oh wow so we went and we had fifth row center we went backstage before he went on just cool as shit very unassuming 
And this, this just shows you the caliber of what a pro this guy was. Sitting fifth row center. And he comes out and he does a few things. And the crowd's digging it. About 10 minutes in, <laughs> he starts doing political shit. And I don't, I don't know who is, there must have been a Republican convention in town because the room went dead. And when I say dead, <laughs> when I could hear my asshole puckering, <laughs> it was dead quiet, not a peep, not a clap, not a chuckle. It was dead silent. And I am scrunching down in my seat. I am mortified. Not once did he say, what's wrong with you fuckers? You people are retarded if you don't get it. He would just go from one bit to another. Just kept going. Just kept going. One bit to another, seamless. And then, and he did it for 10 fucking minutes of death. Wow. And wow. at the end, he just stops and chuckles to himself and shrugs. He goes, well, I guess politics isn't your cup of tea. <laughs> Let's change the subject. Let's talk about religion. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he he goes into another five minutes of religion of death Good Lord. the exact same i mean so so we're talking now picture this 15 minutes of nothing just an abyss of no sound so if you but if you were just looking at him without even knowing if there was a situation we could just look at him without hearing the audience reaction or having a connection with the audience reaction you would not be able to notice that there was anything that he no that's, that's no, insane. He, that's crazy. He'd occasionally just stop and kind of shrug and make a George Carlin face. But <laughs> but he never berated the audience. He kept on going. It was seamless. And after 15 minutes, so so picture a graph where, where he comes up and there's a nice little mountain top. And then it bottoms out with a giant U and just goes to the basement. And at the end of the five minutes, he goes into hippy dippy weatherman, jumbo shrimp, all the classic Carlin bits. Right. Ends up getting a standing ovation and an encore. Wow. Comes out, does the encore, gets another standing ovation and walks off. Wow. What? And I'm going, I'm going like, who the fuck can do that? <laughs> you, right. you, you, you come out just, just killing it. And then it bottoms out for, for not one minute, not two minutes, for 15 fucking minutes, nothing. Wow. And he pulls the show out of his ass with talent. And it was his bad stuff. His demeanor on stage was exactly the same as his good stuff. That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's why he's a hero. Yeah. To me anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I don't, know, I don't know if you heard this, Todd. When you first joined the call, we, your connection was kind of bad, but Bobby's first MC gig was MCing for you when you were headlining. Oh, get out of here, man. Yeah. yeah. At the Comedy Zone in 2007. Belmont yeah. Comedy Zone. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's how long ago. Like, Bobby doesn't really do it much anymore, but his very first MC gig was there. And how much did you get paid for that gig, Bobby? Oh, um, I might have gotten a free meal. They definitely charged me for all my drinks. <laughs> uh, well, well, that's what I was saying. When I was asking how much you got paid is how many chicken fingers you got is really what the question was, Bobby. Yeah. I, I don't even know if they were free. I know I, I know my <laughs> drinks were. That, was, that shit was full price. <laughs> well, I hope I, I hope I wasn't a prick. 
Well, that's actually what I wanted to talk to you about. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're no, great. Todd's always been a fucking awesome dude, man. And I, I've always appreciated that. I think and what I've kind of learned just in the time that I've done stand-up comedy is that the better comics are usually the good dudes. It's the ones that are like sorry comics that feel so insecure about their shit that they don't want to give anybody a leg up because they're afraid that, oh, my God, if I if I help this person, they might leap me over. They might bury me. I cannot agree with you more with that. Through my years of not only just doing comedy, but when I had the comedy club in High Point, mm-hmm. you could literally, I'm not going to name names, but this one guy came through that I still don't understand what the big fascination is. And he... Big, big name. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're ever at the coast, go to the shore. But um, <laughs> okay, gotcha. uh, but what an insecure POS, just treating my staff like crap, treating me like crap. And then I get a guy like Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh my God. He comes in and all he wants to do is sit on my Harley in the alley in between shows, smoke cigars tell road stories and occasionally twist the throttle of my bike to just go. (laughs) (laughs) He's a sweetheart. He is the best. He is the best fucking guy. I can't, I can't tell you, I can't put into words just how great he is. And I would have to make sure my tank was always full when he came to the club because I, (laughs) he wouldn't sit there on it with it not running it would have to be running it has to be idling so it could go broom broom <laughs> yeah I had, I had a road king i had a road king and it's just going you know potato 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 and then he he'd tell a story and at the end of it he'd just go broom, broom. it was hysterical and then I, I i'd get a guy i'd get a guy like bruce bruce when i would have my urban shows and all he wanted was to have enough water in the green room and know where a good place was to get soul food. See? And that was it. That's all he asked for. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, I never met him, but it doesn't surprise I mean, it, And like we're saying, man, it's like the great comics. They don't have those insecurities. Yeah. It's these other fucking pricks that they, they, yeah. they suck at comedy. So they feel they have to be assholes to everybody. Yeah. And then uh, my, my last story about fame, the biggest prick of all time. And I can talk about him because he's dead is David Brenner. Is that right? David Brenner was a big prick. David Brenner came to my club and I was over the moon excited because he's one of the reasons why I got into comedy. Back in the 70s, I'd watch him on Merv Griffin, The Tonight Show and whatnot. And I just thought he was the shit. And so here he is. He comes to my club and I get a call from the hotel that his crown has fallen out of his face. And when I say crown, not one tooth, it was a an entire bridge it was like four oh wow four teeth i get this call at five o'clock in the afternoon on a friday and his teeth have fallen out of his fucking face (laughs) so i do my scrambling i had a few connections in the community and i got him seen by a dentist and i took him to the dentist the dentist repairs his face free of charge and david (laughs) comes to the show proceeds to get on stage and he's flipping through a notebook of newspaper clippings that have been <laughs> cryovac or whatever you call it. What do you call that when you oh, the, like uh, laminated laminated? There it is. Yeah. Laminated newspaper clippings from the seventies. And he literally read the newspaper clippings, did the shit he did from the seventies. 
it's sold out. And then he has the fucking balls to tell me that I shorted him money. Wow. And, and dude, I'm going to, you know, I have been shorted money. I have been on that receiving end and I would never, ever, ever, even if I hated you as a comic, I would never do that because that's, that's criminal. And I had a clicker and his person didn't want the clicker on the first show. And I clicked it and I counted the room and I did them square. Todd, for the people that don't know, like clicker just counts how many people bought a ticket or in the showroom, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a a little chick, 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 chick. And it goes one, two, three, four, all the way up to whatever. And so... You know me, Carlos. I'm originally from Jersey. I don't take shit off of anybody. I don't <laughs> care. I don't I don't care who the fuck you are. That, Todd, that by the way, that makes you, me, and Bobby are all from Jersey. There we go, baby. Yeah. There we yeah. go. But anyway, I was so pissed off that he would even think that after I fixed the right side of his fucking face. Yeah, you're like, motherfucker, you have a face because of me right now. And you have the balls to say that I'm shorting you money. I said, there's a counter. I said, you get your guy, instead of out hitting on my wait staff, why don't you get him to count the room? <laughs> I said, we were in the green room and it was just me and him. My staff heard it through the door. I said, you're one of the reasons why I got into this business. I could, uh, how could you accuse me of doing this? That is so fucked up. And I said, I said, I have half a mind to knock the left side of your fucking face out. <laughs> That's good. And and he finally backed off and he went up and he did his thing. And and he ended up, we left being friends. But you get, the, like you say, the guys that are insecure and he was on a, trying to make a comeback is what he was trying to do. Uh, okay. I mean, he, he was long gone out of the comedy scene and here he comes back doing his Merv Griffin set. You know, and I wasn't having it. I just, you know, you come to my comedy club. I'm a comic. I'm going to treat you right. The feature act in my club, the feature act got the same fucking room the headliner got. It was at an independent hotel that when you came in, you had a jacuzzi tub that the doors opened up and you could see the living room. It had a hologram. Hologram fireplace, a huge TV screen, an amenities bar uh, for when you came back. If the bar was closed, you could turn the room down a fucking 60 degrees and then turn on your hologram fireplace and pretend it's it's winter. But I had, dude, I had guys come into my club. They just wanted to work my club for the fucking room. (laughs) And, and so I was always, I hate that it, it it didn't work out, but unfortunately the triad up in this area is just, they're they're cheap. I was catching people with bologna sandwiches. I caught them with South Carolina liquor bottles, a little airline liquor bottles. Really? Like, like you're talking about in the showroom? Yeah. Oh. After the after the after the show underneath the tables there'd be popcorn. Oh I, I didn't serve I didn't serve popcorn. You'd oh, see wow. the the and I said <sighs> you know I I went on the radio. I said people, you've been begging for something to do at night. You know you have the comedy zone in Greensboro. I bring something to you, and I'm bringing the big players. Uh, you you got to buy some nachos or a beer, or my yeah. doors are going to close. And they did. They ended up closing because people. Uh, I was, uh, my partners, it was a funny bone and my partners, uh, it's a long story, but they were kind of shady characters and I got, I got uh, embezzled and all that stuff. But 
but yeah, so when, when my club closed, <laughs> when my club closed, I'm, the last day, I mean, I couldn't even pay my staff. They just worked for the hell of work. And, and uh, when it was the end of the show, uh, my entire staff started to ransack the room. The, the, uh, the liquor bottles were going out. Oh, no. we, we really loved working for you, Todd. Yeah. Enjoy the Sapphire. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'll, ne- I'll, ne- this is another one. My, my head, uh, cook, cause we had a restaurant, we had damn good food. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my cook <laughs> comes walking. I'm drunk as shit sitting on, on the curb out in front of the club. And he comes walking with a, with a rack of ribeyes, just this big, like three foot long rack of, of ribeyes. Okay. And, and he says, working for you was the best thing that ever happened to me, man. Have a good night. And (laughs) And I go, enjoy the steaks. Uh, we're going to move on here to our next segment. This is Indecorous News. This is the segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. And this headline is Trailer Park for Swingers opening in Louisiana. <laughs> so, yeah, buddy. So you might be wanting to think about a move there, Todd. The source here is klfyboingboing.net. You know, swingers in a, in a trailer park in Louisiana is, <laughs> that's sort of like hitting a lottery. <laughs> yes. You know? Right. Yeah. Dreams can come true. Yeah, well, if, if it's a double wide, they're high and mighty. So. <laughs> yeah, so, you're right. The biggest thing in Louisiana with the hurricanes coming through there is you got to make sure you tie those bitches down. Otherwise, they'll just oh. they'll spin forever. They'll just spin. <laughs> right. And then and then your uncle with no teeth will go, do you want to go faster? Yes. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it depends on what you're into. Actually, Yeah, man. So I'll tell you more about this story. If you're tired of fucking your boring wife or husband and are looking to spice up your love life by fucking other people. You're not special. Just about everybody wants to do that. However, if you live in southern Louisiana, you might be in luck. There's a new spot for swingers opening in Mamou. Or is it Mamou? Mamou. Mamou, where you can get a chance to disappoint a whole new batch of folks with your infant-like cock or cavernous vagina. It's called T-Boys Swinger Trailer Park. (laughs) The property's slogan will be, bring your house and share your spouse. Mercy. (laughs) I like it. Right? I mean, at least it rhymes. I, I'll give him that. They got a good little slogan there. Bring your house and share your spouse. <laughs> I feel, though, people that identify as swingers are not people that you would want swinging anywhere near you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for, unfortunately, that is. Yeah. It's like a nude beach situation. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> this seems like a rebranding of trailer parks, right? Historically, it's all about cooking the crystal meth. And fucking your sister, and now they're trying to give themselves a new sort of jingle, I guess. Oh, okay, they're trying to salvage the reputation of trailer parks, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, you fuck other people's sisters. Yeah, well, cooking meth and fucking your sister does get old after a while. <laughs> That's right. Todd will tell you. Uh, well, I'm up here in rural hall. That's right. Why do you think he lives in rural hall? That's right. I, I feel like the meth would keep it interesting, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, until she smiles. Yes. Uh, yeah. Then they start looking like David Brenner. You know what I'm talking about? Hey. Oh shit! I just, I just fucking snorted my, not snorted, but shot fucking Cabernet out my nose. 
You bastard. Okay, well, I mean, I'm glad you're diversifying what you snort now, Todd. It's uh, all I got to well, say. You know. you know. <laughs> Old habits are hard to break. <laughs> Ian, you can tell us a little bit more about the story here. All right. In quotations, you can come to Mamu for many good things. This will be one of them, said David Alcoin, who is the mastermind behind this hedonistic project. According to him, unlike most swingers' penises, the actual swinger community is bigger than most will know. Live free and don't be scared of it. There's a big community of it. I think a bunch of them aren't shy. The ones that are shy, hell with them. Roll with it. It's a good thing compared to most things. So compared to what? Nuclear holocaust and child porn? Yeah, I, I mean, think so. He's saying, but I, I'll give him that. I mean, there's a lot worse shit than just a bunch of rednecks fucking each other. You know? Well, it's, it is a lot better than the hog farm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the guy has a way with words. It's a good thing compared to most things. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> He's a poet. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, yes. He's setting the bar really low, but they're really doing the Lord's work in a way because they're expanding the gene pool, if you think about it, because most people in trailer parks, the gene pool is quite small. Oh, that's so, right. That's so right. Yeah, yeah. That might be, yeah, they should have gone with that slogan. You're tired of fucking your own family. Here, come over to Mamu. There you go. <laughs> Tired of having deformed kids? Boom, here's how we fix all that. <laughs> that. I just picture a billboard that says, tired of fucking your family? <laughs> <laughs> Come and swing in Gene's pool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Bobby, you can tell us this next part there. Since putting up the sign for his trailer park of pleasure, Alcoin says he's gotten calls from swingers across the country. Most of them call or text just to see if it's real, or they'll get on Facebook and say, Oh, it's not a real number, he says, adding, I got on there and said, I'd be a fat frog's butt if it's not a real number. Is that a common thing, fat frog's butt? That's a common uh, uttering for when people no. don't believe what you're saying? Okay. No, okay. No, that's that's a crack smokeyalism. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't even say that in rural hall. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, then, yeah, that is the barometer that everybody uses. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, you can keep going, Bobby. The sign for this swingers community says you have to send a picture of your spouse for approval, <laughs> but Alkline says that's just a joke. That was more of a joke to kind of ease up the people and just to create a vibe, he said. Alkline also says you can choose to live at the trailer park, but he's designed it to operate more like a campground <laughs> where swingers can come for, quote, party-themed weekends. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was a joke, honestly. I think this guy put it out there so he could get some fucking tit pics and shit. I think so. Right? Don't you think? I mean, I will say that I don't think he's turning anybody down. I don't think you can be too selective no. when you have a swinger trailer park. But <laughs> he's like, there's my chance. When else am I going to get some tit pics and shit getting sent to me, man? I might as well do it now, right? But how much of a blow to your ego would it be if you and your unattractive lady friend put yourselves out there for approval and then... This friendly redneck community said, no, please take it back. We don't want your oh, yes. uh, Yeah, that would that, be a... I've been to Louisiana and I've seen some <laughs> of the trailer parks and you have to really have some issues if you're not going to be accepted. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right, Ian. Yeah, if they did not accept you, this would be fucking mind blowing. So Aquain says the grand opening for T-Boy Swinger Trailer Park is set for Memorial Weekend of 2022. So I guess I got to keep that date open in my calendar. <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah, when it's finished, the site will have a nude pool, a nude yoga stadium, a strip poker hall, and a key party cabana. This sounds like uh, one of the rooms that Todd used to put a comics in back when he had the high uh-huh. That's right. Nude pool, nude yoga. I don't even know. What's a nude yoga stadium, to be honest with you? Well, that's the- where they have the uh, World Nude Yoga Championships. <laughs> so- <laughs> I think in the context of a trailer park, this would probably just be a tent. <laughs> They're being a little generous with the word stadium there. I don't know, man. I'm with Todd on this one. This is where they held the championships. With When you have the nude yoga arena acts, this is where they go. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Strip poker hall. I also like that word because it usually it's just like uh, the, the table in the kitchen is where you play with strip poker. But apparently this guy has a whole fucking hall. <laughs> and key party cabana, by the way. Ian, what's a key party? So it's where you and your lady friend exchange keys with other couples and you just kind of end up wherever you want. You kind of let Lady Luck take you away and whisk you into some magical herpes infested dream. (laughs) (laughs) I knew, I hadn't showed you this beforehand, but I just knew that you knew what a key party would be. Correct, my friend. Yes. Although I will say this, I think a key party these days is a lot riskier, not even because of the herpes, but it's a lot riskier than, say, in the 70s, because some of these fucking car keys are fucking expensive as shit, man. <laughs> you ever had to replace one of those that has to have the chip in it or whatever, and it can, like, unlock all the the doors, all these electronic keys? You don't want to lose one of those. Is what Absolutely I'm not. You know what I mean? It takes a lot. It, it's not like you just go to the Home Depot and get a replacement key for some of those. Yeah, I think yeah. I think what's even worse is uh, at the new yoga stadium, there are no souvenirs. they need to work on that gift shop yes they do (laughs) i think the souvenir is just going to be inside the woman's vagina that you hooked up with at the nude yoga stadium all right guys we're going to move on to our next segment is in decorous deep dive we build this show as an educational comedy podcast we often fall short of the latter but we always deliver on the form of this week's deep dive was written by Bobby. I'll start it out. Here at Indecorous Comedy, the only thing we enjoy more than giving Ian shit about his spelling, his pronunciation of naked, and his constant mistruths that have to be clarified or corrected week after week, his obsession with all things autistic, and his ability to discuss algorithmic trading at length, no matter how long ago your eyes glazed over. (laughs) That is Ian for you. But... This is what we love better is strange and interesting deaths. That's what we like on this podcast. So this week we're talking about the 1990s. We're talking about strange and interesting deaths from the 1990s. And Bobby, I'll let you do this first one. A 38-year-old Gary Hoy, an attorney in Toronto, fell from the 24th floor of the Toronto Dominion Center while demonstrating that the building's windows were, quote, unbreakable. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely have to put that in quotes when this is the story. (laughs) Well, to be fair, he wasn't wrong. The windows didn't break. It just popped out of its frame when he (laughs) threw himself against it and fell to his death with the amazing window. (laughs) That's the old joke. And just before he fell to his death, his last words were, Hey, y'all, watch this. (laughs) i wonder if he's telling that in the afterlife if there's an afterlife he's like see i told you it was unbreakable i told you it (laughs) was unbreakable do you think he had like a work frenemy type that sort of baited him into this by saying 
Man, that window right there, you can break that easy as shit. I just know if you just tap on it, it'll just shatter. <laughs> no, dude, you can't break this. Check this out. And then boom, uh, Played that reverse psychology on the motherfucker. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. But then he won, though. Like, I wonder. I do wonder about that. It's like, that's how committed you are to win. I was like, yeah, I died. But, <laughs> but I, I showed that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's, that would be on the headstone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. I won. <laughs> that's right exactly. <laughs> joe was wrong <laughs> fuck him yeah all right ian you can tell us this next one all right 18 year old high school senior quimby giloti died when a water slide collapsed after students tried to fit as many of themselves on it as possible 32 others were injured little fucking kids man i mean if they're not uh, i mean little fucking kids he's 18, 18 dude little baby 18 year old <laughs> yeah those little 18 year old babies but no no he he died because of little kids shoving themselves onto the water slide like it was nah, definitely... this is a bunch of fucking high school assholes being like let's do something crazy yeah he was high school, it was... saved him the angst of going through the rest of his life named quimby glotti <laughs> yeah that's right yeah absolutely right he's fucking this guy went after the afterlife then he met that gary hoy guy and it's like hey i proved that glass didn't break and he's like yeah but i didn't have to live fucking 20 more years named quimby galati <laughs> the only quimby i respect is mayor quimby all right yeah that's right mayor quimby from simpsons exactly that a boy bobby you can do this next one Mark Gleason insisted on attempting to cure his horrible snoring that was driving his girlfriend crazy by inserting tampons into his nose and taking sleeping pills. He died from suffocation with the <laughs> sleeping pills adding to his breathing difficulties. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> this is a new one for me about crazy shit you can do with tampons. <laughs> that's, a, that's our new segment. Yeah, yeah. With crazy shit you can do with tampons. There you go. I mean, dude, Todd, you'll appreciate this. Ian was telling us last week that apparently a thing is now, what is it? They're dipping tampons in ivermectin to yeah, prevent dude. COVID? To prevent? Yes. So, so the, the Republicans have found a new hack to get them out of taking the vaccine. It's apparently soaking your tampon in ivermectin and then mm -hmm. stuff that in your veg and then boom, no COVID for you, baby. Well, I've heard the same thing if you put it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's well, sort of shit. Yeah. Uh, all I'm going to say is I tried it and uh, I am COVID free. COVID free. Yeah, yeah. Math checks out. Coincidence. No, I was also vaccinated, but you know, <laughs> but it, <laughs> we, we do what we have to. Yeah, you can never be too safe. That's right. That's so, right. So this guy, Mark here, I'm thinking maybe his whole thing was he didn't want to be considered a mouth breather. Some of those knuckle dragon troglodyte types. So, so he's just he would, like, this is how he would try to prove it by fucking killing himself. I mean, he would rather breathe through his nose and when that's plugged up, just die a good Christian death than to breathe through his mouth like a dirty mouth breather. Okay, so this guy is Mark Gleason, the guy from this story. He's high fiving Gary Hoy, the Toronto guy in the afterlife right now. They're yeah, like, dude, yeah, we showed them. Exactly. <laughs> All right, I'll do this next one. Karen Wetterhahan, a professor of chemistry at Dartmouth College, died 10 months after just a few drops of dimethylmercury, an organomercury compound and one of the strongest known neurotoxins. Thank you for giving me this one and not to Ian, Bobby, by the way. We'd still be reading this. <laughs> that, that was intentional for sure. Okay, okay. So this dimethylmercury landed on her protective gloves. Although she had been following the required procedures, the poison made its way through the gloves and onto her skin within seconds. Mm. Yeah, that shit's crazy. Yeah. 
Just a few drops landed on her protective gloves. And then, and that killed her. Yeah. Yeah. But, that was enough. It was permeable enough to, I guess, make its okay. way. That's how. In a related the... story, Johnson and Johnson has recalled all of their protective gloves. <laughs> yes. <right. laughs> yeah. This is one of those where I'm like, okay, at least these, these other previous people seem kind of uh, idiots. But this, uh, you know, she was a professor. She was trying to probably trying to do some good shit for the world. And, uh, and then Bobby, you just threw this in here to bum us out, I think, is what you did. Yeah. Well, okay. It was a, a military laboratory. Okay, so okay. okay, so that's this is, what, okay. this is a chemical. That's how weapon. we're gonna do it. Yeah. All right, all right. When she passed, uh, nobody was wet her ha ha. <laughs> Stop it! I'll be here all week. Try the oh meal. Oh my god, Todd. you still got it, Todd. You Try still the got meal, it. baby. <laughs> I'm in fuego. <laughs> all right, Ian, you can do this next one. All right, an entire football team of eleven players were fatally struck by lightning in Eastern. Kazai in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Their team left the game completely unharmed and victorious. All right, this this sounds <laughs> this sounds very hard to believe. You're saying lightning hit the game and only killed one team? That's what the thing that I read said. I'm not and I'm not making that up. I made up the victorious part, but I mean by default they kind of were. So they were all licking the same telephone pole at the same moment, and then boom, lightning got them. Is that, this that this is fucking crazy, it, man. Well, so but if you think about it, though, if you, I mean, you got a team on the field before a play or something, they're all going to be together, and then if that spot gets struck, it, you know, it, oh, I see. dude, dude, I know, I know, you're all dirty Yankee Americans, but this is not the football <laughs> that you're thinking of. I know, no, I know. <laughs> this is soccer. <laughs> this is this is soccer, man. They're not going to be all bunched up in one side. They're all over the place. Yeah, man. They'll be all spread out. Yeah. This is oh, yeah. this is God hating that one team is what it is because <laughs> they're not all bunched up on. Yeah, they're all like spread out and shit. What if this the the team that didn't die in that one just they just won all these championships because nobody wanted to play them ever again? <laughs> what would have been what would have been funny is uh, with time remaining, the surviving team still lost by two. <laughs> yes. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. Okay, Bobby, you can do this next one. Alberto Fargo of Lisbon, Portugal, died after falling out of a five-story window while demonstrating to students how to keep their heads high while performing a tango. <laughs> Apparently, the key is to keep your head high by looking at the ceiling while at the same time not walking out of an open window <laughs> and falling to your death. <laughs> yeah, that's lesson number one, I guess. <laughs> staying alive, staying alive. <laughs> that's right, yes. I mean, maybe the lesson here is just have a floor-level tango yeah. studio or basement. Garden-level tango classes only. <laughs> yes, that's right. So they call that the tango de peligroso. Oh, oh! Look at this. Ian knows oh, a couple wow. of words in Spanish over here. Come on now. <laughs> Watch out! Watch out! All right, I'll do this next one. Jonathan Capewell, a 16-year-old set to be obsessed with personal hygiene, died from a heart attack brought on by the buildup of butane and propane in his blood after excessive use of deodorant sprays. In the process, spurring a generation of hack comedians to tell slightly different versions of the same Axe body spray joke that no one wanted to hear the first time. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to ask, because I'm not familiar with this one. Are like, you were with all the other ones? 
<laughs> or, you, or oh, you're just not familiar with uh, deodorant. That's why you're trying to say the hat joke. Oh, I see. well, yeah, a lot of comics were doing like you know because those X body sprays they had all the fucking like if you wear X you're a fucking douche sort of thing. Yeah, it was a thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, basically, it's like yeah, because it was like the commercials were like you spray X on this shit and uh, you gotta fucking beat the women off with your dick or stick or something. I don't know. You know. What I'm <laughs> Yeah, the uh, Me Too movement was not far behind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've heard, have you guys heard this, that a lot of people will not wear deodorant because it's supposed to have something on it that will make you autistic or some shit. Have you guys heard Wait, this? they're putting vaccines in deodorant now? <laughs> yeah, I've, he- I've heard about that, but that's all that wacky uh, Mike the Pillow Guy talk. Yeah, that <laughs> look at here's the deal. When I was coming up of age all through my teens, my 20s and 30s, all they had was aerosol sprays. And there was more stuff in an aerosol can than you could ever put in a gel. Yeah, you're right. And and we're all still here and there's nothing wrong with me. I mean, so, I don't know about all that, Todd. Uh, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, see, this is why you need video, man. I did a face. I did a face. I did a, I did a fucking tick. I did a tick. tick uh, uh. This is the modern era where we got to be like, that's not just the, the connection breaking up. That's yeah. actually Todd. That's right. That's right. Uh, in an unrelated story, in Louisiana, they have decided to add butane and propane parties in the key party cabana. Oh, nice, <laughs> dude. That'll fucking get you going, man. All right, Ian, you can do this next one. All right. John Lewis, a 64-year-old businessman from Minsterworth, England, attempted to light a bonfire with gasoline, which he did so successfully that his clothes had to get in on the fun, engulfing the man in flames. Luckily, the river he was super close to was all like, yo, I got you, son, and put out the flames for him (laughs) when he jumped in. But unfortunately, he drowned in the process, and his body was found almost three weeks later. Uh. So this guy didn't jump into a body of water near hot teenage lifeguards. I mean, that's like rule number one, right? (laughs) This is one of those where, like, this guy is 64, man. How did you make it to 64? If you don't have the sense to know that this is not some shit you should be doing. Yeah. Well, John's family said at the funeral, well, at least he didn't go trying to uh, prove that a window was unbreakable. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that just became the go-to excuse when everybody that's, went. That's the go-to excuse. <laughs> yeah, sure he, sure he drowned, but he didn't jump out of a building trying to break a glass. And... Yeah. I mean, this was pretty <laughs> stupid, but did you hear about the guy in Toronto, though? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. the come on obituary. <laughs> That's why they call it stop, drop, and roll and not stop, drop, and jump into a lake when you can't swim. Right. <laughs> stop, drop, and swim. Yeah. For one thing, I heard, like, you know, if it's gasoline, you can't put that shit out with water, right? Isn't that a fucking... I mean, I'm no, not that's a, a grease fire, isn't it? I mean, you can't... The, I don't well, know. Well, you, you definitely can't put a grease fire out with gasoline. I've tried that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. But no, you actually can put out flames uh, in the water if it's deep enough. Oh, okay. It, it will not... It, my wife was a burn nurse, and she told me all about that shit. Oh. 
Oh, okay. Oh, so, so that explains why you're still alive, Todd. I was wondering. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that a specialty that you choose, or do they just assign you to the burn war? That's a specialty <laughs> that you choose. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, yeah. When we we first got married, my wife decided to be a burn nurse, man, and it. Wow. It's a it's a very high turnover profession. She's I still a nurse. That. But uh, and she would still be doing it, to tell you the truth. But when we when the kids came, we moved over towards Winston-Salem from Chapel Hill. But she was in the the burn unit. And one night I cannot stand the smell of a hospital. I don't Mm. like the clinical smell. And my wife called me one night. She was in the burn unit. She was pulling a a baler, which is 13 hour shifts on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Then you skip a week and, you know, on and on. Uh, And she said, would you bring me a book? It's a pretty slow night. And I said, sure, I'll do that. And I came in the hospital and didn't like, you know, the clinical smell. But to get into the burn unit, they had to unlock the door. It's sealed. And so, so the little buzzer goes and I come in and the aroma is unmistakable. Oh my God. Yeah. Even in a hospital setting. And I turn the corner, my wife's down at the end of the hall and I look to the right and there's an open doorway and there's a guy sitting up in bed with a burnt up face. And you know what, what a burn patient looks like. All the features were gone. And I freaked out and I took it. Fortunately, it was a hardback book and I Frisbee slid it. You just hit him with it? I, I, oh, no, not not him. <laughs> okay. No, I, look at I was I was appalled, but I don't I don't teach him to frighten people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna walk in there and go, there, take that, you you scary thing. You how dare you be a burn victim in front of me? <laughs> there could be children in this hospital. <laughs> right. So I slung the book a good 15 yards down the hallway and I said, I'll see you at home. Well, she came home and she said, I'm sorry I made you do that. I said, I just can't believe it. That guy just looked terrible. She goes, he's leaving tomorrow. He's one of the good ones. Oh, my God. Yeah, she dealt with some stuff like uh, she had one infant that was put head first into a wood burning stove and and bless that little kid's heart. He could. He lived for a week. And oh, oh, geez. And then finally succumbed to it. But she saw some things in the burn unit that that were just terrible, but never a drowning victim that was on fire. <laughs> well, I mean, it, <laughs> it definitely, I mean, it's horrifying. It, it is. Yeah. But it definitely finally answers my question who would marry Todd Young? Yes. Like you had to have to have a high tolerance for pain. And, well, and a strong <laughs> stomach, I think, is what we're talking about. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> when I invited her to the Louisiana Swingers Club, <laughs> that's uh, she said, well, well, you're appropriately sized for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bobby, you can do this next one. Four Palestinians in an attempt to protest a newly signed Israeli-Palestinian Agreement attempted to detonate car bombs in the Israeli cities of Tiberias and Haifa at 6 p.m. But due to a miscommunication resulting from a change in Israel's time zone from other Middle Eastern <laughs> countries, they were an hour behind schedule and all were killed when their bombs detonated en route to their intended targets. Oh my God. I, I hope corporations use this as one of those case uh, studies. Case studies, yeah. Case studies, yeah. <laughs> this is why we all have to be on the same page, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is why you need an Apple Watch. 
That's, that's right. That, that's what Apple should use this as absolutely. A, they should use it as a promo, as a promo, yes, as exactly. a promo uh, commercial. You don't want to be blown up with your friends for being an hour late. You need the new Apple Watch. Yeah, exactly. When time is of the essence. When time is of the essence. <laughs> and I love the cheerful edit- editorializing of this, where it says, in an attempt to protest. A newly signed Israeli agreement. It's, it just makes it sound like, oh, they were just peace, love, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah. just a protest. Car bombs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. oh, there's a slogan: Apple Watch. It's a good watch, but it won't blow you away. Oh, <laughs> bam, dude! See, there it was. You should be fucking in the advertising time. The I official fucking... watch of Hezbollah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get a uh, Yasser Arafat to be your. Well, I guess he's dead. It's too late for that. that that's how old my references are. Even... <laughs> well, if he had an Apple Watch. If he had an Apple Watch, exactly. All right, I'll do this last one. Thirty-one-year-old uh, Daniel John O'Brien committed suicide by jumping into one of the engines of a Boeing seven forty-seven at Pierce International Airport in Trinidad. He was naked, scaled two barbed wire fences, fought off four security guards, and stole a vehicle, which he drove into the jet, sitting on the runway with its engines running. Wow. This guy's like fucking naked James Bond is what he was. Yeah. Well, needless to say, he's an overachiever. Yeah, no shit, dude. If only we could have turned this guy to fight evil. Naked, scaled barbed wire fences, fought off security, stole a vehicle, then drove it. Into- yeah, this guy is is a overachiever without a doubt. Yes. And on his way out, I think he very well may have completely destroyed a 747. Not many people get to say that. That's true. The only thing that's could have gotten better is like, yeah, and then he was getting a blowjob while he was fucking, he's getting roadhead yeah. while he fucking yeah. ran. That's the why car. he was naked. All while getting a blowjob. <laughs> yes. The whole thing, not even in the car, the whole thing he's getting a blowjob. <laughs> From different <laughs> women. It was crazy. The, yeah, the, the blowjob giver was unavailable for comment. <laughs> so, so I think this guy probably, whenever someone made him that deer, he should have just been like, nah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some deers are not <laughs> worth it, dude. I will say that, I mean, if we're going to say that this was a deer and then the glass guy was a deer too, then I think this guy's got that motherfucker beat like a motherfucker, dude. Yeah. The other yeah, way, I just like I'd pushed a so. window out of the way. This guy's like, you know, let me do some fucking uh, 007 shit up in this bitch. <laughs> in a letter that Daniel O'Brien wrote, he said the jet engine was saying, yo, I got you, son. Thank you so much for doing the podcast, Todd. Yeah, yeah thank you, Todd. Thanks for asking me. You guys are the best. This was a lot of fun. And now I'm going to go discharge some butane and protein. <laughs> I love you, Todd, man. Take care, buddy. <laughs> love you, too. Bye-bye. All right, Bobby, Ian, you guys have any last words? Take it away, Ian. I mean, I guess you guys know where I'm headed. and going to get my uh, happy ass down to Louisiana with my keys. Do a little swing in action and uh, try to contract something fun. <laughs> I figured you already had contracted everything fun by now. I, I, I probably have. I mean, I, I hear statistically like 90% of the world, cold sores, that's the type of herpes, mm-hmm. goes from a kiss to a blowjob, and then it's the not so fun kind of herpes. Yeah, so I, I've, I've had this little lip thing going on for a while. And I mean, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but I think I might be in that herpic circle finally. All right, so you're just trying to uh, get every single variant of herpes is what you're trying to yeah, say. Yeah, dude, because, I mean, once you get that, I mean, some people view it as a negative, but once you've crossed that line, in many ways, it's such a relief because now you can open yourself up to alternative lifestyles that you might have been afraid of. Sure. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, for obvious reasons, you're like, oh, I just don't know if I should do that because I might catch the, uh, you know. But if you've already got it, dude, it's like fucking the, the kid gloves are off and the fun times are had. Fair enough. All right, guys, that's been the podcast. If you want to support us online, you can go to themshits.com or patreon.com slash indecorous comedy. And how do you spell indecorous, Bobby? That's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. That's right. And even if you can't support us uh, with money, you can still follow us on all our social media and Facebook at Indecorous Comedy, Instagram at Indecorous Comedy, or Twitter at Indecorous Pod. You can send Ian a leftover bottle of Valtrex or whatever you got. That's yeah, right. That's right. You guys have some leftover shit, just send it straight up That to would Ian. be much appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a shout out for that. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Walk it down. They call that the Tango de Peligroso.